Welcome to the 199th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording at an unusual hour, a little bit later in the evening. It's about 8 p.m. here on the West Coast, and it's also September 29th, 2020. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the slightly tired editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the guy who's had enough of the debates, Carlos Rodella. I sure have. Turned that shit off pretty quick. Tell you that much. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Save your sanity, my friend. Save your sanity. Save your sanity, and also those weren't debates, and they aren't debates because that's not a debate. But but instead we could debate about video games and which ones are good or bad. I think that is exactly what we will do. Uh, So let's get right to it. I don't know about you, Carlos, but I am feeling it tonight. I've had a long day. How's your day been? Yeah, mine has been long. Before those even whatever they were called uh, started on the television with those two people talking about things, I had already had like a just epically long mentally tough day. Like it just was, ugh. I hear you. It's been a long one for me to had a very, very busy day, even though. We are still basically practicing, like, you know, self-quarantine and lockdown. We're not going places. But, man, we have been doing so much work remotely. I've got a lot of stuff going on at home. And I just, man, just really busy day. So I'm feeling it right now. But I am still excited to talk about the stuff we're going to talk about in the show. I say, let's get to it. Carlos, let's start off with housekeeping. Before we get to your housekeeping, I want to do my housekeeping real quick, if that's all right with you. Yeah, you hardly ever have housekeeping, so I'm excited. I, I hardly ever do. I want to give just a really quick shout out to listener Greg Killmaster. He actually sent us a quote or a question before because I remember talking about how badass of a name is Killmaster for a last name. I mean, dude. That's his I last mean, name, his legal last name? Yeah, Killmaster. Like, how 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 badass is that? Like, you know, you should roll up to a bar or something. That's your name. Greg Killmaster. Fuck. Dude. Okay, dude. Like, I'm not going to mess with you because that is, that is a pretty baller last name. But I... I he probably does not kill people for a living. I doubt that. But what I do know about Greg Killmaster is that he's a very nice guy. He sent me a lovely email. And, you know, being the, the host of the show and also the editor of GameCritics.com, like 90% of the email I get from listeners and or readers is usually pretty nasty. It's like, you know, do this to your mom and do this about really? you. Really? stupid. Oh, yeah. We get a ton. Oh, yeah. Anytime we, we post any triple a game that has less than like an 8.5 guaranteed the very next day is people filling up my inbox with just trash so it's lovely yeah you know humans right humans uh so it's lovely and very notable to get a nice note from someone so greg killmaster sent me a lovely little email uh fan of the show been listening for a long time and, and basically he sent us a question about roguelikes. I answered that, you know, kind of offline. Uh, but it was just nice to get something from someone where no one was swearing at me. And he just had a question, said he was a fan of the show and all this stuff. So just thank you very much for your your note, Greg. I really appreciate that. And it just really, you know, brightened up my day. And I know you're going to hear this because you're a fan of the show. So thank you very much. Props to you. And uh, it's just, just nice. Nice little change of pace to get a, a friendly email once in a yeah, while. Yeah, brah. Nice kill master. Good job, Killmaster. <laughs> His name is just so fun to say. It's killer. It's a it's a killer name. It is just an amazing name. That man. I you know I guess I guess Greg. I'd like to know. Growing up, did you get into fights? Did people expect you to be tough with a name like Killmaster? Right. Or no big deal. Right. I would imagine you have to like really, yeah, like have to learn how to fight soon. 
like early on because they're like, oh, you're Killmaster, eh? Well, try to kill me. Well, <laughs> but don't because that'd be totally. Weird. It's like probably a string of dudes challenging Greg like his entire. He's probably sick. He probably had to get good. He's probably killed many dudes and he's sick of it now because so many people like step to him. He's like Bruce Lee. Remember Bruce Lee had always people coming up to him and saying like, oh, you think you're good at the karate, right? Oh, it's got to get old, man. It's got to get really old. Yeah. Uh, anyway. By the way, that's also dis- disparaging, disappointing that you actually get those emails. People, there's so many more things you should do with your time. Just don't send. What are you doing? Agreed. I can't don't spend your lifespan on me. Just move on. If I've made you unhappy, just move on. Good golly. We should. Whoever those people are, please email me instead. I'll <laughs> definitely talk to you, and we'll have some conversation. You won't like it. It'll be a uh, Killmaster conversation. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Moving on, moving on. That's all the housekeeping I had. I just wanted to give a shout-out to Greg. Good listener, Greg. Thank you again, Greg. What did you have on the docket uh, there, Carlos? Nothing much. It's kind of like my eye on games feel. do 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 Because it's just a few games I mentioned. I saw at a Tokyo Game Show that caught my eye. Um, I'm just going to say them out there, and you guys can Google them. But they looked really interesting. Um, Tokyo Game Show did this kind of independent game like segment and all these really cool indies were uh showcased and two games that caught my eye were the rewinder and death Screamland. both really cool and weird i'm not gonna tell you anything about them just google them they're really cool and i don't know when they're coming out or anything like that but just go check out the trailers because they looked really cool um and then also kind of another eye on games field is this game came into my inbox you know both of us we get these inboxes full of Sure. People sure. talking about games. And this one really caught my eye. It's called The Wizard and the Slug. Have you heard of it? <laughs> I, I've never heard of it, but that is an amazing title. Oh, good. I thought you were laughing because you had heard about it. And you're no, like, The Wizard and the Slug. I, I did not know where that was going. I did not predict that. Here is the, uh, the box quote on Steam. It says, The strangest love story ever told. Age your wizard companion on an adventure playing as the fastest, most agile slug in video game history. Traverse a unique oddball fantasy world and unravel the mystery surrounding an ancient curse. It just looks ridiculous. It feels like Adventure Time. Uh, it's wacky and wild. And no, they haven't given me a key yet. They might. I think they were offering one. But either way, I mean, I'd probably pick it up on Steam either way because I love a wacky, like 2D uh, adventure game platformer. And that's what this looks like. It just looks crazy. It sounds crazy. I'm going to have to look it up. I have not heard of it, but I'm going to Google it after the show. It's got some comedy in it, which I always we always talk about. It's hard to do, so I'm really hoping that they nail it on that. And uh, There's a weird open mic night with a banana. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> the Wizard and the Slug. Check it out on Steam. All right, all right. Anything else? That's it. Just all right, cool. Games. Quick housekeeping. Uh, nice and tidy. Now that the house is clean, let's get into the main portion of the show. Carlos, we're going to continue with you, sir. Uh, I know you've got a couple check-ins, kind of circle backs, kind of revisitings that we're going to be doing tonight. Uh, let's start off with Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning. We talked about it last episode. Uh, I'm not a fan of this game, but I know you kind of liked it, although you said that they hadn't really done a lot to it. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming at this point you maybe have finished it by now? No, because, and this is why I'm bringing it up, <laughs> I was hoping to have had finished it because I was really digging it, and I'm still playing it. It's not a spoiler that I'm out and, you know, I hate this game now. I really do enjoy it, and it's fun, and it's like Fable, and if you missed our last episode, it's an action RPG, like Fable, essentially. 
and the graphics aren't really better. <laughs> they didn't really make them better. <laughs> but it's kind of okay because, you know, it, graphics aren't everything in a game. And I, I like the combat, and it's fun. So I'm having a good time, okay? This is basically more of a story than a uh, okay, check-in. Okay, okay. Let me sit down. Let me get cozy here. Get cozy. Get the fireplace going. Wait, actually, don't get the fireplace going. It's still warm out, I think. Too warm for that. I, mean, I will make some popcorn, though. Make some popcorn. Uh, this story might take that long. No, but so the quest itself, the main quest, is not super long. And I was doing pretty good on it and upgrading my weapons as much as I could and, you know, doing all the RPG things you do to get your best sword, to get your sure. best armor. Sure, And feeling good about where I'm at. And then all of a sudden, I was feeling so confident that I remember a side mission. And as you remember, there's millions of side missions in this Like a game. jillion, yes, absolutely. One cotillion. Uh, I find one, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this one now because I feel like I'm strong enough. So he's like, yeah, let's go to this way down this cave, and we just got to go in this cave, and we'll be done. I'm like, cool, cool. I can do that. So I go in the cave, and not, I don't know, five minutes we get in the cave. Of course, there's a cave in, and so we're not getting back out this cave. Of course not. And the main guy, all the people I'm with die one by one. Like, the girl gets shot by some elf. Like, the other guy goes down with his leg, hurt. And then the main guy goes, listen, I can't make it. You got to go without us. And I'm like, bruh, this is supposed to be a quick trip. What the fuck? <laughs> so he's down. Another cave-in happens. So now I'm by myself. And I come out to this other world. Not just outside of like another place. Like another realm of existence, Brad. Okay. There's gods there. And like huge tall beings. And they're like, you're the savior. You're supposed to come and save this moment in our history. And I'm like, well, bro, I just wanted to do a couple of things to get some chests and get the fuck back to my main quest. And so I just kept doing one more thing, you know, like one more little quest. Sure. Thinking sure. it was like another side mission. What I didn't realize until after, I don't know, 17 hours or some shit is that that was a whole other like miniature DLC, essentially. Ah, uh, okay, okay. And they just was, slipped yeah. me in there, bro. Like it was just a cave in. That I was going to say, I played through that game, and I don't remember anything like that what you're describing. I didn't realize there was ever DLC for it, so they just gave you the total package. That must be one of the perks of buying the Re-Reckoning. You yeah. get the DLC, and you didn't know you had the DLC. In quotes, perks. It was like, I couldn't get out of here. I thought I was done, and I had to like just always be in this world. So, anyways, <laughs> you this mega epic sidetrack. Oh, I kept going, and I was like, well, I'll just get this one crown for this one person. And he's like, bro, I'm actually the evil emperor, and you've got to defeat me now. And I'm like, oh, shit. So that thing went on forever, and there's two problems here. One, obviously, I wanted to go back to the actual game and finish it, and but I just kept getting tempted by this new storyline i like had to finish it now you know uh newsflash i haven't finished that because it's fucking epically long and i found out i don't know let's realistically like almost eight hours into this thing you know six eight hours that i could actually gone to the map at any time and warp back home oh uh, no so you thought you were trapped but you actually were not trapped but it, it made it sound like I was supposed to do this thing, and I thought it was part of the story, and it wasn't. There's, like, two of those in the map somewhere that are like, this is a whole other game, essentially. So I get back, and this is the end of the story. You, you finished through your popcorn almost? I only got a couple kernels left. Okay. Go ahead. You get back to the main la ma uh, map, and I'm like, okay, you know what, though? Bruh. And I've said bruh too many times this story. But, bruh, I'm, like, super heavy overpowered now, though, right? Because I just uh -huh. went did, like, the god quest. I mean, I would hope. 
I got a God sword. You know, they gave me God armor. I'm coming back ready to represent. Guess what? This game has those area level bullshit things. Oh, it has that like auto scaling where it levels the enemies up to where you're at. Yeah, it's like an area level cap. So if you go, the minute you go into an area, it says you're that level. So we're gonna make the monsters that level. Uh, Fuck I those games. I hate that. I hate that. I forget what the. There's a technical term for that. I don't know. I forget what the term is. But I I hate that. I, I think it's area level sucks. cap. I don't know if that's what it is. Whatever it is, where they yeah, it sucks because you spend that time leveling up, getting cool gear. You want to kick some ass when you come back. That I is the know. part you get the payoff for all the hard work you did. And if the enemies constantly scale up, you never get that feeling of kicking ass. And here's how it here's how it doesn't work. This is the final part of the story. Here's how it doesn't work in actually just the story part because I went back and there's like the Tuatha, they're assholes, and I'm trying to like shut them down, and they're like. You know, they were pretty easy even back then when I before I went to the realm of the gods and I go to fight them at their camp, like their main mission, you know, to kind of close that storyline out. And they're di- they're not difficult, but they're like the same as the DLC character bad uh, guys. God, no. And, and I'm like, no, you. they're not. They're the Tuatha. We've been kicking these guys asses. So that sucks. That's bad game design. That I is just, bad really game design. Poor game design. Yeah. So I don't know. I am still strong enough to still deal with all those people, even if it's level capped. But it still is frustrating. So I don't know. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. That is one of my least favorite uh, choices in game design. I I like that moment when you come back and you're overpowered and you kick ass. That is what I live for. So I know that is very disappointing. But. We will circle back next week. Hopefully, you'll have it done by that point. I'm guessing it's going to end with a fizzle, and you'll just move on to something else. But we'll see. We'll see. And by the way, it has taken up like some time, and 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 it's given me like you know a nice little side thing to play. So well, that's good. All right, one more check in for from you, and then we're going to move on to my games. Uh, we talked a little bit about going under. I was originally not going to check this one out, but you kind of sold me on it. Uh, and I had a couple questions about it. This is a top down isometric, I guess, semi roguelike. That's also looks like kind of a physics-based kind of like beat-em-up sort of a game uh and you really you really kind of convinced me i haven't popped for it yet because it's not on sale but it's on my wish list i'm watching it very closely i'm very close to pulling the trigger and i feel like maybe what you say tonight is going to either push me over the edge or it's going to make me back away so let's quickly check in on going under now that you've got a few more hours into it so no pressure geez no pressure sell me (sighs) or don't okay here we go um, I mean, you're gonna, you should play this. It's really fun. But um, I'll say this: it's it's a little difficult because it's roguelike, and you know me and roguelikes, I usually don't like them. But uh, if something you know kills me too many times and there's, I'm not having fun, I won't do it. This game is fun. The weapons are really fun because it's similar to a Katamari Damacy or uh, Nobi Nobi Boy or Watum. The world is really colorful and weird, and all the weapons you pick up. Not just the ones that you go down with. Um, actually, you don't go down with any. You always pick them up when you start the level. Um, they're all so wacky and wonderful that it makes it kind of new each time. Because you might have a guitar that like makes really crazy music, and that's your attack. Or you might have a big, huge hammer or a big pencil for some reason. And you can pick up everything, and it makes it really dynamic. So the the, the battling uh, and, the, and the fights are more fun because you don't really know what weapons you're going to be using. Um, so I like that a lot. Uh, secondly, I didn't know this, but because I wanted to finish it for the podcast, uh, there's an assist mode and I know you might, I don't know. Some people snub their nose at assist mode or easy mode, but I think it's really great when they add it, when it gives you options. So this one isn't just like turn on invincibility. It's like, 
you can tweak it. So like when you're rolling after you get hit, you are invisible for a little bit longer or your weapons stay powered up a little bit longer. You have one more heart than you used to normally have. So I turned down those to help me. And it really made a difference because I started to actually like enjoy roguelikes because I wasn't just going in and dying. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. I yes, I'm. Uh, I keep going. I mean, I have no problem with assist modes. I I like that they're there because they're optional. They don't force you. But so I'm always up for having as many options as possible. Okay. And even the hottest roguelike of the year, Hades, has an assist mode as well. So it's Ooh, not anything. All right. Okay. 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 We're, we're that in one. a good company then. Yeah. So okay. The other thing is. As you beat more bosses, when you beat the bosses, you get a relic. That relic does give you a permanent upgrade. So when you get a relic, you get an upgrade. Like the first one is a health upgrade, and that really makes a difference. Secondly, you have a smartphone, because of course, and you can unlock apps. And you unlock apps with credits that you get from the dungeon. When you unlock the apps, you don't go down with them, but you can find them in the world. And they come at the perfect time because you're fighting, losing really badly, and you find an app, you install it, or just you know hit triangle or something, and it gives you like your uh, your weapon is bigger now, or it does more damage, or you have another heart, or you create a weird what are those little clowns um, that you put out in front of like used car stores? Oh, like the 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 tube guy. The tube, tube guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. It's like one of them is that. So like all uh-huh. the enemies will attack that thing for a while. Well, the thing with the arms going all crazy. Right? Yeah, the wave and wild arm thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- those apps are really fun. And again, you're unlocking them at the hub world, but then they pop up in the game. Um, and again, the the, the, the humor is really good. And the upgrades feel like, you know, at the right time they come in. And then again, the story is really interesting about startup companies, startup culture, overworking people. Um huge companies acquiring smaller companies. It talks about cryptocurrency a little bit. This game is really fucking good, dude. Uh, I guess, I mean, this sounds good. I feel like, I, I feel like I really want to play this, but uh, based on how you've played so far, do you feel like you are within shouting distance of the ending? Like, do you, mm-hmm. do you feel how much of the game is left? Are you getting a sense of that? Do you see the shape of it? Or are you still just kind of just, just uh, chipping away at it? No, I'm seeing how it, how it's structured now. And I didn't know this the first time I reviewed it with you. Um, there are a lot of people in the world, well, in the building, because you're at a company, and they have little mini missions, which I'm sure is a staple for roguelikes, where they give you something, hey, go get me 20 of these things, or do this while you're down there and come back to me and talk to me, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. There's that kind of stuff, and that stuff isn't just like a fetch quest. It's usually tied to like, you know, a little story with the characters that you're talking to, and you're talking to the woman who's doing sales or marketing or budgeting, and she's frustrated at like the job, and you doing something for her will open up another dialogue, so you can talk to her about that. So a lot of this is really about just enjoying the story and seeing what they're saying about corporate culture. Like that's really the selling point to this game. Um, a, a quick side note here. This sounds good. I, I feel like maybe I'm going to buy it, even though it's really rare for me to buy full price games. I just something about my uh, my gut just doesn't really let me do it. But I feel like I really want to play this one. Um, so, OK, good job on that. But related to what you're saying about corporate culture and stuff, uh, quick tangent in a TV. Have you watched um, Upload? It's on. Of course. It's on yes, it's great. Yeah, it's really good. I I saw the commercials for this. This is a, a one season so far about a guy who uploads his consciousness into a virtual reality area. It's like, you know, quote unquote heaven for people who are dead because they can theoretically live forever in this digital realm. 
And I didn't want to watch it at first because it seemed kind of cheesy, like a cheesy sitcom or something. But the wife uh, talked me into it. And I'm glad that she did because the trailers really do not do that show justice at all. Because it's such a, a better show than the trailer would say. Like a lot of the stuff you're talking about, like corporate culture and capitalism and like all sorts of stuff that is really relevant to today's society, including, you know, the tech angle and all this stuff. Um, I don't know that it necessarily has a lot in common with going under, but that's what you made me think of. And I wanted to give a quick shout out to upload. I think oh. it's a wonderful show. Yeah. It's great. Really, it's on really Amazon. Yeah. It's so good. It's really, really good. Yeah. I, I found it a while ago. I was watching it because I, I don't know. It wasn't a trailer. It was just some sort of like description about it. And I love that idea of like, yeah, you're after you die, you go to this, you could go, to this virtual world if you can afford it. And it does yes. talk a lot about, uh, you know, middle class, lower class, um, higher class, all these kind of different class systems within economy and, and what you can afford in the virtual world. It's, it's, it's fascinating. It's actually heartfelt. Um, and it's a little corny at times, but it like, it's really great for right now because the world is so fucking crazy. Um, I used it to upload myself into a different, you know, place and kind of just have fun with it it's really really good good call yeah, it's it is really good and i i also i find that some of it is actually really hard to sit through because it like you said it is so relevant to what's going on right now i mean just really touches on a lot of issues that are hitting a lot of americans and of course it's like fantastical and it's sci-fi but you know sci-fi is always a vehicle for truth telling you know like it's yeah. always about what's going on so uh i really really recommend it don't be put off if you think the trailers look corny because they do look really corny but the show I feel like is absolutely worth a watch. So, okay, shout well, out to Upload. Shout out to and Upload and shout out shout to Going Under because what you're saying is, not to cut you off, is that it is similar in that fact of like what this game is. If you look at the trailers, in quotes, it's a colorful Katamari Damacy thing, right? But yeah. It's actually not that. It's actually talking about overworking your employees. It's talking about douchebag CEOs, right? It's talking about that world and young people trying to just like make it. Um, and it gets really kind of depressing at times when you see some of these people's point of view that they really do just want to like do good work, but they're not allowed to. Um, and then it's also fantastical. Great comparison. They're actually both very similar. And that's why you should play going uh, under. I think, I think I'm going to go for it because everything that you're saying is what's selling me on it. Because yeah, just like with upload where I thought the trailer looked corny, but I ended up really liking it. When I watched the trailer for going under, I'm like, this looks like a cheesy kind of suit too colorful party game. It doesn't seem like my jam, but when I hear people talk about it, like you and a couple of people on Twitter, it seems like there's a lot going on uh, under the hood. So I definitely want to check that out. I will. I, I feel like I'm going to buy it. I feel like I'm going to okay. do it. Cool. I think I'm going to do it. Okay. I win. All right, moving on, folks. Uh, I got a couple games lined up. I ha I hate to disappoint anybody, but I've only really got one semi-positive game to talk about this episode, and it is not coming up in this segment. So brace yourself for <laughs> okay. a couple of. I'll bummers. make I'll make my popcorn, but it'll Go be make for your different popcorn. reasons. Yes, absolutely. First one is called Bartlow's Dread Machine. Have you heard of this one? Mm -mm. It is out on PC. I think it's out on everything. I played it on Xbox One. If you, so, what this is, it is a side-scrolling shooter basically but but the hook to this game is if you know like those really really old-timey uh, machines like before we had invented electronics when everything was made with like gears and pulleys and like you know you would see like a like a penny arcade and you'd put your your eye up to like the goggles and you would like turn the crank I mean this is like oh yeah know, like super old like way before my time but I've seen them in museums I've seen them like at science science exhibits and stuff like where where the the cells are being flipped by hand or something or you're you know you can hear the machine working to show you this like really basic image of something so Dude, that's 
Dude, in San Francisco, there's that. Have you been in that arcade? The what's it called? The museum? Um, shit, I forgot what it's called. No, I know what you're talking about. I have not been there though. I been. I used to go a lot, and they have a ton of those machines where you yeah. you still can only put in just a dime. You know, like doesn't take anything more, and you just like watch or nickel, and you like watch yeah, like this these little um, pieces of film or like actually just sometimes just just like pictures. Yeah, like, exactly. And they just flip by, and it's really, yeah. really cool, yeah. So so get that image in your mind, because this Bartlow's Dread Machine is what if a 2D side-scrolling arcade shooter, but done with mechanical parts and automation and not electronics. So that's what this game is. Hmm. They're, they're trying to pretend, like, what if we made a shooter back in those times when all we had were metal gears and pulleys and flywheels and switches, and so when you play the game, your, your guy is like, he looks like a little metal puppet on a pole that comes up from the bottom of the machine, which is like your TV screen. And he looks like a little marionette or something. And he's walking along like a track, kind of like a little, like a, like a race car track or like a Hot Wheels track or something. Uh, and then the enemies are also these little mechanical puppets that pop up from the bottom of the machine. The level is made up of like little metal panels that flip uh, when like you shoot them or like when things move around. And so the whole thing is made to look like what if arcade machine, but before electronics. And it's kind of oh. a, it's it's a pretty cool presentation. I think it looks really cool. And if, if this doesn't make any sense to you, I apologize. Like Google it or like look at an image. You'll immediately go, oh, I get it. Like, no, it, no, it, I know what it's like. It's like, uh, you yeah. know, those uh, remember those hockey games? Yes, it is just what, like that. You yes. know, they, where you could like uh, do the, the, the handles and it would like turn your hockey guys around. Exactly. Like a foosball, but it, they're yeah. on little tracks. Imagine foosball, but it's a 2D shooter and it's made of like steampunk metal gears and like old timey fantastical stuff like that. That sounds so, kind of cool. It looks really, really cool. I love the presentation. It looks great. Uh, hate to say it, though. It's super not fun to play. Uh, like this, the gameplay is really super basic where you're just walking from one side to another and shooting guys. You're stuck on a track and it doesn't feel good because your guy is on a peg. Like imagine a guy with a stick coming out the bottom of them, extending into the machine, and you're moving this stick around a field and you have to make the stick follow the track. If you miss the track, like you kind of can't get into the place where you're trying to get into. And it just, it just feels really clunky and weird. Um, there's not a lot to it and it gets really hard unless you're on like the absolute easiest difficulty. You just get really overwhelmed. There's bullets all over the place. There's like a ton of guys and you're just like walking from left to right shooting stuff. It's just not that great to play. There are some upgrades to earn. Um, and to be pro and be, to be totally fair to the game, I didn't get that far. I think I only played two or three levels in and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm good on this. Like it's not fun and I don't want to keep putting time into it. Uh, but I love the presentation. It looks super cool. Uh, I don't know that if it's on game pass, I don't think it's on game pass, but it's definitely on Xbox. Check it out if the presentation seems good to you, but it just, I feel like it runs out of steam really quick. And I feel like it's hook is really in the presentation. It's not really in the gameplay, which you know, it's cool to look at, but you got to play it, and it's just just not that fun. Yeah. Pun intended, yeah. by the way. It ran out of steam. Yeah, hey exactly. yo, hey yo. Uh, by the way, that, that museum is called the Mechanical Museum in San Francisco, and if you're in San Francisco, go to it. It's at Fisherman's Wharf. It's really cool. I got to go. I know, I know of it. I meant to go. I never got to go. I got to go. Okay. Next game I'm going to talk about is also kind of a bummer. It's called Unrailed. I played it on Switch. I believe it's also on PC. Uh, this one is kind of on me because I watched the trailer. It looked like a top-down Minecraft where people were laying tracks for a train. Like, the train keeps going. You can't stop the train, but you got to, like, hurry up and lay tracks. And when I watched the trailer, 
it looked to me like it was puzzly. And I'm like, oh, that looks kind of neat. Maybe I got to figure out how to move the landscape around or something. Or maybe I got to pick the right block. Like, just taking a quick look at the trailer, I got I got the wrong impression. Like, I totally got the wrong impression. It is not puzzly at all. What it is, is basically you and a couple of friends are supposed to gather resources from the environment around the train. Like, one person will mine rocks and get iron. One person will chop down trees and get wood. And then you take those things, you dump them in the back of the train, the train spits out a piece of track, then you pick up the track and you lay the track in front of the train before the train runs out of track. While you're doing this, the train is heating up and so one person's got to grab a bucket of water, run back and forth to the nearest water source and keep dumping it on the train to stop the train from catching fire. It is basically like um, Overcooked or something mm, like that, mm-hmm. where there's like three or four things happening at once and you need a team to communicate really clearly to find out who's doing what and you got to all work in concert to keep the whole thing going. Uh, it is 100% not the gameplay that I thought it was going to be. And again, I take responsibility for that. Um, I didn't do like super detailed research. I just saw the trailer and I thought it looked like one way, but it really was not that way. So on me, um, there is a solo mode that you can play and one AI person will come and help you out. You can give them orders while you do the other stuff. And it is miserable. It is mm. miserable. It is really hard. I barely got into it because it just got so difficult. I just was not having fun. And it just wasn't the kind of game that I thought it was going to be. I wanted, you know, I wanted to like do Tetris with train tracks or something, but actually it's just like, hurry, 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 collect, 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 uh, craft, 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 and don't let the train catch fire. It's just really stressful, really tight. And it's, I, you know, I didn't have three friends to help me. Uh, don't even think about playing this unless you've got at least one or two other friends. Yeah. And it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So I bailed out of it real quick maybe this is somebody's jam like if you like overcooked you may like this game and i think overcooked is pretty cool but that's not a kind of game i like to play very often and i do not want to play unrailed anymore yeah it looks like um it reminds it's got vibes of among us in some ways because well among us is obviously where you're trying to lie to each other but the idea that like you said it's a party game it's like you want to do this with a bunch of people and like whoa whoa look at this look at we're doing this we're making it go this way but by yourself, it doesn't seem like fun at all. No. Really. Yeah, it's my bad because I just I just really got the wrong idea from that trailer. Maybe the trailer wasn't clear. Maybe I was only halfway paying attention to the trailer. I don't know. I haven't gone back to look at it. But I just, I totally did not expect what I got. And, you know, like I said, that's on me. That's fine. Uh, but this game is not made for me. Maybe it's made for you, dear listeners, perhaps. It is not made for me. Uh, okay, so that is Unrailed. And I just covered Bartlow's Dread Machine. Let's go back to you, Carlos. Wait. Uh I'm going gonna, gonna to pause the podcast, okay, but not pause. really pause it. Uh, before I go back to me, uh, yes. I just realized this. Again, What's that? you got to take these moments in when they happen. Absolutely. Organic. Um, Organic. We've got to play Among Us because if we don't, we're not a gaming podcast. Like, the whole world is playing this game. It's just like the whole world is playing uh, Fall Guys or whatever. Like, everybody in the world is playing Fall That's Guys. True. I looked at it and I'm like, I don't care. I mean, I've seen... I've seen a little bit of Among Us, and I just like I just don't care. We I mean, get that. I mean, okay, I, I I'm with you. Okay, I already know what the game is. It's been made a million times. Like there's right, already been games right. that are this game, but this one happens to be the one that's in the zeitgeist. So maybe it would be interesting if we played it. Uh, I don't know. Let's just think about that. Uh, let's think about it. <laughs> I'm not going to get you to play it. I don't think you're going to get me to play it. But let's okay. think about it. We'll and think then about we'll, it. We'll circle back, yeah. and I'll say no. Okay. Good. Uh, let's go back to you, Carlos, uh, Genshin or Genshin impact. This is, we talked about this briefly on last episode. 
Uh, I've been hearing people talk about it a lot, although it has not legitimately been on my radar. I have gotten barely any PR for it, and I don't really see the kind of talk about it that I would expect in in the review sphere in which I live. So it's a kind of a weird thing where I'm hearing it, but I'm not seeing it. I'm, you know, getting waves and sniffing it, but I'm just, it's just not really having a presence right now, but you are playing it, right? A PS4. Where are you playing it at? Yeah. PS4. And, um, I wrote down in my notes, I'm having fun question mark. (laughs) (laughs) It's free. Is it free to download is is my understanding? It's give me free to download. I bought because again, I'm a sucker and I'll buy all these founder packs. Um, and I had, again, like I had said in last episode, I've been following this for a while and watching a lot of the gameplay videos of how it plays and how it plays is like, um, you know, Zelda, um, Breath of the Wild and an action RPG. And you can climb everything just like Breath of the Wild. And there's a lot to like, you know, just by how the gameplay looks. So I was like, well, I definitely have to try this. Uh, when's the last time I played a free to play action RPG that I enjoyed? Probably I mean, never. Never. never? Yeah. And I know that there's a ton on the phone. And that's a good point. This is a cross play game. Because this is a mobile developer, I think they're they started as mobile. Ugh. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. Not getting know. a good vibe off of this. I know all these things. I know. So going in, I knew all these things. Again, it's not much barrier to entry. It's either free or like ten dollars. And right off the bat, I was definitely having fun because the minute-to-minute gameplay, action RPG, climbing anything as long as you have stamina, it feels fun. Like. You don't really feel limited by any sort of monetization. You don't feel limited by things you need to upgrade. You know, they they throw you right in. There's very little story. There is an annoying girl named Paimon, and she's some sort of like floating girl spirit, you know, miniature girl that has a high-pitched voice that you probably don't want around anymore. That's a little annoying. But besides her, you know, it's just kind of fun. And I'm, the, story, I'm, the story I'm just like skipping, and I'd never do that. But like I'm just like, yeah, I got it. You, bad things are happening. There's a dragon. Cool. Uh, what's the next thing I have to go do to get like experience points? So I'm skipping story. So it's not really about that for me. So what are you doing basically? You're just climbing stuff. Like, is it literally just Zelda with a different skin? Like you're just hitting enemies and climbing stuff and doing dungeons or hitting what? slime? Yeah, hitting slimes, doing dungeons, climbing things, finding new areas. Like the whole overworld map has you know, a million little camps and all those little camps you can take out and get chests. There's common chests and all that kind of bullshit about like, you know, rare chests, but none of it feels like so far, none of it feels like they're trying to make me, you know, do jump through hoops to get something or to be like, like that, that area over there, you can't go to right now because it's like, you need to spend more money or grind or something. So right now, uh, I I think I'm, my character's level 20, my, Weapon is also level 20, which we'll talk about. And, you know, I feel strong and I feel like it's a challenge and I'm dodging and I'm still doing the mechanics, but I don't feel like I'm gated anywhere, right? Which okay, you would okay. think that might happen, right? So, so why the question mark about whether you're having fun or not? I'm having fun. I literally wrote that down after like four hours recently of playing it, like at a, in a row, going like, wow, I've been doing this for a while just now. And then I wrote down, but I'm having fun? Because two things. One, uh, you know, I, I really do want some sort of story. And whatever the story is, I'm not buying it. I don't care. There's a million books I could read. I'm not reading any of them. So that part lost me. And the other thing is, 
I get, you know, the mobile stuff is showing up because you get things that are like experience points items, which is a very mobile game thing. Instead sure, of like sure. you, I'm getting experience points by killing things, but I'll probably go up levels much quicker if I find these things. I don't know what the fuck they're called. Let's just call them experience tablets. Sure. Um, and you use them like in your inventory menu. And then you're like, I'm level 18 now because I've used enough of them, which I'm sure are things that are, were tied to monetization or tied to coming back every day to get your little fucking thing. Sure, get your check-in rewards. Check-in yeah. rewards. So I did that like pretty quickly and I was like, this feels wrong. Like I, I didn't earn that experience, but I'm like level 20 now. And then there was also a max that I could level. And I was like, why is there a max level on my character? Like, even though I'm using these items, I don't know why that. And then the weapons have levels, which I hate because it's that whole thing of like, take your old weapons and convert them into a, a you know, what's it called? Resource points for your new weapon. And I don't like any of that management stuff. And mm. that's probably why I don't like enjoy any mobile games that are RPGs. Oh, that, yeah, no. So that's where I was like, I'm having fun because while I was still going out and doing quests, a lot of the stuff I was getting was just these items to upgrade myself. And I was like, well, I guess I'm better now. Here's the second reason I said I'm having fun, question mark. Because you meet other characters and they're in your party, but they're not like an action RPG where they're in your party running around doing things. You have to switch and control them. And I generally hate that because it's it's made for like puzzles. So there's an area where something has to be burnt, but I have to use the girl character shoots a flaming arrow to burn down the thing, then switch back to my regular character. And then, then that means I have to level up all the characters when I only want to level up my main character. Mm, so okay. now I'm, I didn't know which characters to level up because I don't know which puzzles I'm gonna run up against. And also I don't want to use any of the characters. I want them to fight on their own. Right, right, right. So it's a confusing type game Yet, just yesterday, I was like two hours gone. And I was like, I'll just play this for a second. And then I fucking was playing a gazillion quests. So I don't know what to think about this game. Mm. It's not going to make you want to play it. I know for no. sure. Yeah, you know, I saw, uh, I watched a trailer after you mentioned it on the last show. And I've heard enough people mention it in my circles, even though no one's really talking about it. And I'm like, mm, no, this seems like... Chinese mobile developer doing a Zelda thing and like I'm sure there's going to be like you know if it's free to play of course they got to get paid somehow of course there's going to be some kind of micro transactions or else how else are they going to get paid and I'm like well I, you know who knows how they're going to handle that I doubt it's going to be skins it's probably going to be like you said experience points or tablets or whatever and I'm like uh, well okay. I'm just not getting a just not getting a good vibe off this one and, and, and I'm not really giving one off but I am yeah, saying this it is the action is fun which again can sell an RPG on me, uh, and also there's cooking like in Zelda. So no. wait, is that a not selling point for you? I did I did not like the cooking in Zelda. Okay, uh, if you do like cooking, I I, I guess I'll say um, there's tons of it, and it seems like most things that you like destroy in the world, chests and monsters and all that stuff pop out food. So there's just quite like real a, life, just like real life. Yeah, I do that all the time. I go down to the the park and I just hit a bunch of bushes and steak pops out. I, know, I love it. But bush steak is really good. It's, it's pretty really good. gross though, bush steak, because then you gotta like clean it off and you gotta just cook it right though, man. It's good. That's true. Like the game tells me, all I have to do is cook it right <laughs> with some mushrooms. Um, but weirdly enough, I got into that and like I, I like the idea that to 
there's a huge menu. So, I mean, if you like cooking, food, and stuff. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm sticking with my review, which is I'm having fun, question mark. <laughs> and I'm also going back to it, though. Like, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm thinking about it right now. Like, mm. you know? But then well, again, that, I guess that could be said to, about addictive mobile games. Yeah, I mean, uh, being addicted to something or coming back to something... I mean, there's a good way that it happens and there's a bad way that that happens. And like here you talk about it, like I'm just, I mean, if you're enjoying it, more power to you. I mean, we, we, we got to take our jaw where we can find it these days for sure. But nothing, nothing about what you're telling me is selling me. And that trailer definitely didn't sell me. So I think I'm going to let this one uh, just pass me by. It'll pass you by. I will definitely yeah. go back to it here and there and we'll see if like, you know, certain quests like get me more excited about it. But for now, it's just kind of a nice thing to have on the side. Cool, 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 cool. All right, two more games, and then we are out for today's episode. Uh, one iffy one and one, I guess, iffy good one, I suppose. Uh, no no ringing endorsements today for me, folks. Sorry about that. First one, I know, right? Sad trombone. First one is Jenny Leclue, Detective Vu, which I really dislike that title, like, a lot. I hate that they called her a Detective Vu because it rhymes, obviously. <laughs> but it's not a real word and it's weird and silly and it just doesn't make any sense. And I just, it's too cute, but not really cute. I, I strongly dislike the title. Anyway, this was a Kickstarter game. It's a 2d um, hand drawn, I guess all the graphics are very simple and colorful. They look kind of looks like maybe cut out construction paper a little bit, like real simple, colorful graphics. Maybe like you could imagine like a cartoon having this kind of animation style, perhaps. Uh, and she, so Jenny LeClue herself is a little girl who's maybe like 12 or 14, but she is also a character in a book that is being written by an old guy. So it's like a meta story where the old guy is the real person and he's writing a book. And when he starts typing on his typewriter and you go into the book, you are then being Jenny LeClue, who is a fictional character in the novel that he's writing. I hate that, by the way. I just got to say that right now. I <laughs> I hate those types of games where you're like, well, this really isn't the real world, but let's go show you what you're playing. It's this thing in here instead. Yeah. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't really know that it adds anything. I don't really see what the value of it is uh, yet. I did not finish this game. I, I got, you know, one or two hours into it and uh, called it good on that. Uh, it's, it's okay. Like, it's kind of cute. I think it would be very appropriate for, like, a younger child. Um, but it's just like a lot of talking and when you get to a part where somebody needs to solve a crime, like let's say for example, Jenny LeClue is walking down the street and the principal of the school comes up and he's like, Jenny, please guess what I had for breakfast because you're such a badass detective. She's like, okay. And then, uh, you know, you go to this like little interface where you examine the principal and you like look for clues on his body. He's got like powdered sugar on his uh, mustache and he's got raspberry jam on his lapel. And, you know, you kind of have this little magnifying glass that kind of like scans his body and you put the clues together and once you find the clues it goes to like a little screen where you've got maybe like five or six choices and you pick like two choices that go together so you pick like powdered sugar connects with raspberry jam therefore the principal ate a donut for breakfast you know or something like that like that's the answer right that's the answer right i was gonna guess raspberry donut okay totally raspberry donut. you got it you got it Um, so that's about where that aspect lands. It's pretty simple and straightforward. Um, not super interesting, but again, I feel like maybe the audience is supposed to be a little bit younger than me. I could see, I could see kids getting into it and being like, yeah, I solved that, that crime. That was pretty cool. You know? Um, but 
it skews a little young and it's just it's kind of talky and basically just walk from left to right and talk to people and do that kind of stuff so it's okay um what didn't really hook me but i you know again not the target audience and i was going to keep playing but then i started um scanning some message boards to see what people were saying about it and apparently it ends on a pretty brutal cliffhanger and i do not think that the team has kickstarted a sequel so i'm like oh I'm out because I'm not going to get to the end of this thing and be hit in the face with a cliffhanger. Uh, and there's no plan to ever finish this game because I don't think it's sold very well. So I'm out, but you know, it's not for me. I don't know. I doubt it's for you. Uh, but if you've got, maybe anybody listening has a younger boy or girl who is interested in solving crimes and you want something that's fairly, uh, harmless. I mean, you know, I doubt there's going to be any blood. It's all pretty, you know, colorful and soft and nice. Seems like a good game for a kid. Not the right thing for me. Yeah, there's definitely games that are just, you know, games uh, aimed at children and that might have a really good time with them. I remember when I was younger, I, like, had a lot of fun with things that I would think are real dumb now. Um, but I was like, this is fun for now, you know? like so. For sure, for sure. There's definitely an age and a time and a place for everything. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's really my... It's not even a criticism. It's just, like, a recognition that this is not the right game for me. So there you go. Uh, the last game I want to talk about on this show is called Warsaw. Oh, this is... I was just about to check this out. Okay, well, good. I'm about to tell you about it. Okay, good. This is What If Darkest Dungeon, but with Polish freedom fighters in World War II. That is exactly what this game is. Uh, Darkest Dungeon is one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, love Darkest Dungeon. And this game also loves darkest dungeon uh because the similarities are scary it is it to be perfectly honest with you carlos it is too similar it is too similar the art style is too similar the animation is too similar the overall structure is too similar uh it feels very uncomfortable to me because it feels way too close to darkest dungeon um, yeah the trailer looked like darkest dungeon that's what i was gonna say yeah it does it totally is and that's exactly what it is I mean, I understand being inspired by games. I understand liking something so much that you want to emulate it. You know, uh, what are they? Was this a uh, imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. Mm. Uh, and this proves it because these guys love Darkest Dungeon. So that was a little bit weird for me. I had a little bit of a moment where I, I was kind of getting skeeved out because it was too similar to Darkest Dungeon. But I put that aside and kept digging into the game. Now, I originally got a code uh, and heads up. The publisher sent me a code to talk about it here on the podcast. So disclaimer there. Uh, they sent me a switch code. And before I got the switch code, I'm like, look, I know this game started on PC. Is is the text okay on the switch? They're like, yeah, yeah, it should be fine. No, not fine oh, at no. all. I started playing this on the switch and it's a shame because this is exactly the kind of thing that I like to play on the switch. I love to do like little, little grindy missions one or two before you go to bed you go to bed that's it you don't got to like get out the, the ps4 you don't got to sit in front of a tv you just you know you do it like right before you go to bed i would love to play this game on my switch but the text is so small the ui is so small it is not suited for the switch like the content is perfect for the switch but they just ported it to the switch they did not adapt it to the switch you know what i mean mm -hmm. um so they did not do enough work to make it playable on the switch do not buy the switch version it is it will kill your eyes don't do it so i went back to him and i'm like look guys i i can't really give this game a fair shake because i can't read the text in the game it hurts my eyes to play your game it is so small they're like okay cool sorry here's an xbox one code i'm like okay fine i'll try that and it's better on the xbox one but it's not great it's better like, it's playable on Xbox One, but again, they should have adapted it and, like, really 
change the real estate, like just move things around, like scale text bigger and change things. They didn't really do that. So that's that's one knock against it. Um, the other knock being this too similar to Darkest Dungeon. But once I got past those things on the Xbox One, um, I will say it is kind of cool. Um, the setting is neat. Uh, you know, being a Polish uh, revolutionary in World War II is, is pretty cool. You know, you're fighting back against the Nazis, and that's nice. Um, there are a few changes which I do kind of like, where instead of doing a randomly generated map the way Darkest Dungeon does, you go to a mission that looks like a top-down picture of a map, and you take your little characters through the alleyways and streets, and sometimes you'll bump into, like, a German patrol, and you got to fight, or sometimes you'll find a box of supplies, or sometimes you'll find people who need help, and you, like, help them. So the overhead map screen is pretty cool because it does kind of feel like you're creeping your way through a city and there could be like Nazis around the corner at any moment. So that's actually kind of a cool thing. I dig that. Um, but otherwise, it's basically Darkest Dungeon, except for instead of having one row of characters, you have two. Um, but otherwise, like the weapons all kind of basically work the same. There's the same push and pull mechanic, like the characters have to be standing in a certain place in order to activate certain abilities, just like Darkest Dungeon. I mean, again... Not to be a broken record, but this game is basically Darkest Dungeon with like a World War II skin put on top of it. Yeah. It just feels too similar. And with that being one of my favorite games, I'm having a little bit of allergic reaction playing this one because it just feels like it's it's biting that steez and it sh really shouldn't, you know? I, I feel wish like was... they, they wanted to tell that story and they are like, well, what mechanic works well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I just... it. I mean, it's, it's okay. Like, it's pretty good. Like, if you want more Darkest Dungeon action, if you want something in that vein where it's like you build a team, each team member has various abilities. It depends on where they're standing in the map when you fight. I mean, it's literally just taking all the notes from Darkest Dungeon. Um, and Darkest Dungeon is an amazing game. So I guess if you're going to steal, steal from the best. But it just feels too similar. And I'm just every, I'm just playing it. And I'm like, you know, I, I just feel like I'm playing like a not as good darkest dungeon and yeah. it's it's hard to get over that so i you know games are hard to make i get that you know you want to be inspired i get that you you have things that you like and you want to pay homage to those things that's great but i don't know i'm i'm, I'm just having a little bit of an, an issue getting over that but overall i mean i feel like it's it's well done and if you've never played darkest dungeon i bet you probably get a lot of entertainment out of this i think it uh it's got difficulty settings and you know there's the options you can do you can recruit new people and stuff i mean there's a lot here and if I had never played Darkest Dungeon, I would be giving you a very different speech right now. I'd be saying, oh, this game is dope. I totally love it. It's got these cool ideas, and I love the map, and I love the, love the combat. But because I have played it, and I know where this comes from, it tastes a little different in my mouth. You know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. And um, it is a, a historically accurate, right, too? I think it's supposed to be, like, all, you know, legit what happened in that I, time I, period. I have no idea if that's true, but, I mean, I don't know anything about Poland during World War II that is not my bailiwick so i can't say for sure but like you know i mean it's it's human beings there's no fantastical elements i mean there's nazis there's i mean they look like to me real guns and it looks to me like they're using the names of real cities so i mean i could be wrong i don't know how true to life this yep. is but i'm right know. it says it's uh that's why i was looking at in the in the, um, the description it says try to survive 63 days of hell in the historically accurate portrayal of the poles uh fighting for their city so, yeah, I guess there's a time limit on it as well. Did well, Darkest Dungeon have a time limit? No, it did not. Okay. Did not. So I didn't realize there was a time limit. They don't really tell you that, so I did not realize that. Thank you for the information. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's like on one hand, I'm kind of appreciating it because I like these mechanics, and I think it's a pretty well-done game other than the fact that the UI is not great, uh, too small. 
but on the other hand, I just, you know, it's, it's kind of tough because it just feels like it's just like a kind of a knockoff. And I don't know. It's, it's, I'm having mixed feelings on it. Well, I will say this. The art is great. It is Darkest Dungeon-esque art, but it is good, really good. And also, it is killing Nazis. So well, huge plus, huge plus. Right, that's now. definitely a bonus. Absolutely. So. Um, yeah. So I'm there I'm still go. interested, but again, I didn't play Dark Ascension as much as you did, uh, and I don't like super difficult games. But it seems like there's more options in this one, so that I wouldn't feel like I'm totally like slammed. Right. Got to be honest with you, dude. I don't see you. I don't see you digging this, man. I really okay. don't. I don't think this is your jam. I mean, the main part is like, was it um. What's the other game where you're killing Nazis? Wolfenstein, you know? Yeah. And like, I mean, I, it's cool to kill Nazis. I'll kill Nazis all day long. Yeah. I just like the idea of fighting for justice. Yeah. You know, so. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, and being freedom fighters is cool. I like the setting. I mean, the idea of having these people going in the streets and like pushing back against the Nazis. It's all cool. Like the setting is really cool. I just kind of wish it felt a little further away from Darkest Dungeon, you know? Yeah. yeah all right. Tough. All right. There we go. Uh, that is it. I don't have anything else. Carlos, you got anything else? Oh, I just wanted to mention the kind of a, I know I started with I am games field. So why not? I, I end on it. Let's I end on field. one. Sure. Um, one game I'm playing right now that I can talk about is door in the woods. Have you heard of it? Door in the woods? Yeah. No, I don't think I've heard of this at all. Uh, our listeners can go try it out before I talk about it next episode. It's essentially like ASCII art and it's a survival horror game. Oh, that's cool. It's uh, got really good music. It's got a couple bugs that I'm trying to get past. But besides that, it's it's really weird and cool. And, and I'm very much into um, simple simple graphics and also just text adventures as well. Um, and a quick side note, I'm actually working on a text adventure, which I'll hopefully have ready for um, in a couple episodes to talk about. But, yeah, it's really simple. ASCII art. Uh, think like Dwarf Fortress. You know, so it's just all like different characters, sure. but used in a really creepy vibe and like uh, fog of war, you know, so you can't see everything. Very, very cool. Check it out. Uh, and then also I'm about to start tonight uh, a game that is close to, I'm, I'm hoping, the, the game I've always wanted. What's the game I've always wanted, Brad Galloway? Oh, uh, gosh. You know, I'm guessing probably like... I don't know. Melee. Oh, no. RPG. What? Man. No, no, that's true. But the, I always talk about one city block. Like one city block. Yeah. yeah you yeah, can yeah. explore and do everything and everything reacts yeah, appropriately yeah, yeah. and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I, I don't think it's fully that, but it is called Live the Life. And all the game is, is just going into a virtual world. Uh, one player game, not a multiplayer game. And just doing stuff and like making your apartment and you know, buying stuff at the store and stuff like that. So it's got feelings of the game that I like. You know, this kind of just existence as a world thing. So I will talk about that next episode. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I think right now I am playing Embracelet on the Switch, which I will very likely bring up next episode. Other than that, I don't think I have anything slotted. But uh, there you go, folks. A little bit of a peek into what we're doing next week. If you want to play along and get a leg up on yeah. what we're going to be talking about. Why don't we do that every up ep- every episode? Because then they can play it and then know what we're, you know. I mean, if we know, I don't think we always know. We but don't I guess this know. week we know. Yeah, yeah, so, that's true. There okay. we go. Okay, we'll try. We'll try. It's kind of a neat idea. All right, there we go. Uh, that is it for this episode. Uh, but, you know, we do love to get your questions and comments. Hit us up. So, video games podcast at gmail.com. Speaking of which, I meant to check it before the show and I didn't. I apologize. Uh, we are on Twitter as a show at So Video Games, but you can hit us up individually. Carlos, where can people find you this week? 
Uh, just Twitter, O-N-A-W-A. Excellent. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. I'm just about to post some pictures of my chickens eating a cob of corn. If that seems like it'll bring joy <laughs> to your heart, go ahead and check it out. I'll share that with you, dear listeners. And that is going to do it for episode 199. Thank you again for joining us on the So Video Games Podcast. Next episode... The big two zero zero two hundred. It's next episode. We've got to plan next something. Episode. I know we got a couple good suggestions from the listeners. Uh, I don't know that we're going to use those because those require work and we're not big on doing work on this show. So I don't know what's going to happen, uh, but something will happen next episode, episode 200. So we'll see. But in the meantime, uh, this is bye from Brad. And bye from Carlos. Very confused now, and now I'm going to think about what we're doing for episode 200. <laughs>